0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Gail Mancuso's new family drama, A Dog's Journey. In the sequel to Lasse Hallstrom's 2017 feature, A Dog's Purpose, the film brings back the continually reincarnated dog and follows his adventures through multiple lives filled with love, friendship, and devotion to his human family. A Dog's Journey is Ms. Mancuso's feature film directorial debut. Her television credits include the movies for television, So Close, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office, and The IT Crowd, the pilot for the series Your Family or Mine, and episodes of the series Roseanne, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, Rules of Engagement, Cougar Town, 30 Rock, Gilmore Girls, Dharma and Greg, Friends, Ellen, and The Nanny. She is a three-time DGA Comedy Series Award nominee for episodes of Modern Family. Following a recent screening of the film at the Harmony Gold Theater in Los Angeles, Ms. Mancuso spoke with director Anne Fletcher about filming A Dog's Journey. During their conversation, Ms. Mancuso discusses the long pre-production of the film, the decision to shoot anamorphically and the issues she had to consider, and why she felt all her department heads had to have a connection with dogs. Um, Hi, you guys. So just to clarify, I'm Anne, and this
1: is Gail, the director of the movie. Yeah! Who... Who needs a good what the heck? Who needs a good half an hour more <laughs> to sort of let the movie settle? I went and saw this is just the only thing I 'll say about myself. I went because <laughs> I can talk about me I went I saw this movie, and after the movie ran some errands and literally never stopped crying for a solid two hours, but not just a cry a a gut wrenching sob. <laughs> I love animals. Gail, you did such an amazing job with this movie telling the story from the point of view of an of a dog. Who would have thought? And I, I know this is a sequel, right?
2: It is. A sequel to A Dog's Purpose. A Dog's Purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so we love the movie. Okay, great. Sorry. <laughs> I just got stuck a little bit cuz I got stuck with the animals in my head. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, um what? Okay, so Gail, as we all know, is an amazing comedy tv director one of our most successful and amazingly talented i'm a huge fan anytime i watch her work on tv i don't even need to see her name i can watch her work and know exactly it's her because she stands out amongst i mean you just stand out above everybody else in my opinion but anyway so how did you come to how did you come to this movie in the first place
2: First of all, thank you so much for moderating this uh, I'm so honored that you're the one oh my God. I love you <laughs> uh, and all your movies that you've done oh the microphone <laughs> yes, I'm not used to this obviously um this one okay so I was I, I had been with Amblin working on a different project, developing a different like a comedy project, and we were sort of like in the process of rewriting that and redeveloping it and then um, this came across my way um, from one of the executives and said, you know what, this, this movie's coming up sooner than the comedy is. And why don't you take a look and see if you like it and read it. And then I knew the um, producer, Gavin Pallone, he had called me. And I knew him from Gilmore Girls. And um, so, and he knows I'm an animal lover. I have five dogs. So, um, and so I read, read the script like immediately and emailed, Holly Barrio from Amblin immediately and just said, uh, I love it. And I had not even seen A Dog's Purpose prior to this, but I just, there was something about the story, about the, you know, following CJ and, 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 the, and just all the dogs, obviously. It was just, I just felt it was my, my calling to do this movie, so.
1: That's Being an mean. animal lover. And, yes. and, and you and love kids.
2: Young, yes, and a young... Female.
1: Did did you Thanks. have a lot to do with um, the script moving forward? Like once you got the draft, did you have a lot to do with the shape of it that it took? Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean that, that part, that was a, the great part is that um, we knew there was work to be done and um, there were already like three or four drafts in. And so we were, I was able to, you know, really mold it to be more of what I wanted you know it takes place in Chicago I mean I'm from Chicago but they always say you know director write what you know and so uh, <laughs> well I so, was excited it
1: was in Michigan I was like yeah, oh right? farm's in Michigan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well we were we were that was actually general that was that was from the first film because the farm was actually in Michigan so um but then I wanted her to go to Chicago and then finally to New York and and then the singer-songwriter thing that was that was my thing it was a guitar player and you know i just just thought i wanted i wanted this music to be filled with a movie to be filled with music yeah yeah.
1: and the thing i love about the music in this movie is it's you don't even notice that it's there which to me is the greatest compliment to you and the composer because it is literally elevating Mm -hmm. the story and the emotion and you don't even know that you're being swept up into it um that's kind of jumping way past but did you sit with a lot of composers and what were you looking for to contribute to the film?
2: You know, basically anybody that um, that I hired um, had to have some sort of personal story about animals uh, with the exception of one, which was my editor. <laughs> oh, are you <laughs> here? Who happens to be here. <laughs> <laughs> nice but job. That's Rob Komatsu and Matt Crawford who did an amazing job. Yay! Fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, but Mark Isham, uh, you know I met with a few few um, composers, and Mark Isham told me this story about his dog, and that how his dog is basically like one of the dogs in the movies, like his dog has the behaviors of his three past dogs, like his dog will go and sit in the same place as you know his second dog used to sit in, and then he plays uh, with the same toys or whatever, just the behaviors. and I was like, "Wow, he so." He really got the movie, and, um, and that was important to me.
1: That, I mean, it is important. It yeah. is fascinating, too. Even if you aren't looking for that person who has a special connection to it, as you've hired and you're going along, you start hearing that everyone has some strange, bizarre connection to it, and you just know that you're in the right place yeah. with your crew. Did you bring anybody on in the world of television in, onto this film, or was it a whole new crew for you, and how was that hiring
2: these people? Um, yeah, it was it was a whole new crew. <laughs> well, you know, we were uh, because we ha- it was a sequel, we had to go back to Winnipeg, so we had to shoot in Winnipeg, oh, wow. and that's where all the farm footage is, and as well as a lot of the stand-in for New York and Chicago. Um, so we had to hire a local crew there, and um, so yeah, I think there was only a few yeah, few local people, few LA people, um, but yeah.
1: Wow. Well, it looked amazing, Amazing. by the way, because I did think that we were in those places. Really? Truly, it was. Well, we did New York
2: for one day. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite (laughs) trick. Thank you. (laughs) I've done that before too. Once you see it, you believe it. You (laughs)
1: you can. That's the movie magic we love. Um, One of the things that I did want to bring up, when we sort of spoke about, is um, first of all, how did you come upon your DP, and how was it working with them?
2: Well, same thing. Um, you know, uh, did a lot of FaceTiming because <laughs> they're all over the all over the world. All over, you know. I mean, I've FaceTimed with same thing with Henry Lau, our uh, the guy who plays uh, Trent. Um, did a lot of FaceTiming in China for different actors. Um, but yeah, so uh, Rohir Stoffer was our uh, DP, who was wonderful, and um, he um, we FaceTime from Austin, and I, you know watch some of the work that he's done he did the house with the clock in his walls most oh, recently yeah. love that and he loves that um wanted to shoot this anamorphically which i did too you know which was great and um he just had a beautiful you know sense of of uh of the story visually yep. and and also he <laughs> He has a pet pig <laughs> and a couple of dogs and he lives on a farm, it's like, and he's vegan. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, because as you know, you know, when you're doing a movie, I mean, you're with that person, you know, you're with the crew as your family for such a long time and you want to be able to share, you know, common interests.
1: Yeah, you're you're sitting there working for the common goal, which is the film. But you also want hope. You always hope that you get along as well. Right. That is the the little cherry on the top. Yeah. Um. Speaking of anamorphic, how first of all, how did how did you guys decide on that? Which, by the way, I love because it's just it's the scope is so beautiful right. in the film, and the shots are stunning. But compared to television, was that um different was it difficult was it interesting what was what was your
2: experience from the two yeah. mediums well I mean obviously the end product is gorgeous and um and that's what we wanted the, the feeling of the farms specifically we talked about it being warm and, and familiar and you know an homage to the first movie so that was a no-brainer and then in terms of the city shots uh Chicago New York we wanted that to be a little cooler feeling um so you know we talked we talked at length about that, but we were a little worried about, you know, shooting anamorphically with animals, especially r- when they're running. Uh, and we weren't quite sure, especially little Max, you know, was like, how are we going to get this? He's so fast. How are we going to keep him in focus? And, and the thing about, as you guys know, you know anamorphic, I mean, you're very limited uh, with, in terms of um, movement of the camera and the lens, and, and if, if, you know, if there's a lot of movement, like, they can, you know. Cut out of the shot, and we had we, we had a lot of, lot of uh, more focus issues than we were we were hoping for, <laughs> but uh, they got they got cleared up pretty soon. So, uh, but yeah, but that was that was a challenge, definitely a challenge in many ways. Well,
1: it's also different. I mean, as you guys know, television is you've got more f- more f- uh, frame to film <laughs> to fill out at all times, especially with an animal running all over the place. Speaking of which, I mean, they say. And your first one was like, "Don't work with animals or children." And your first one had animals and children. Right. Not only animals, a ton of animals, which by the way, loved and loved the kids. <laughs> the kids were so right. special and amazing. Yeah. And I would love to talk about that regarding cast. But, but how was it working? Did you have an amazing trainer? And
2: yeah, I mean, our trainer was Bonnie Judd, and um, she, you know, everything that she does is with positive reinforcement with the dogs, and what's really cool about it really i had nothing to do with the animals i mean we, we would talk uh you know we went through the whole script and said these these are the tricks that that are scripted What, you know what in reality can this particular animal do and if she thought that there was something that the dog couldn't do she'd say it and i said okay well, give me it give me a an alternative and so like even that like poster you know the the shot of Molly um, getting the poster off the wall. I mean, that was something that I think they had suggested. And um, then we did the pulling, you know, so we just kind of talked through everything. And so they would work, you know, through the weekends and stuff with, with the dogs and, um, Basically, they would just show up on set and, and the dogs, you know, just are geared to the trainers. They just look at the trainers and I'm mostly deal- dealing with the actors and I get to pet the dogs after the scene And <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> a little animal therapy
1: in between yeah. takes. Um, that's fascinating because as we know, I mean, you've had for each dog, how many doubles did you have?
2: Really not a lot. Um, wow. yeah, it's amazing. Well, for Molly, we only had two. Molly was the, uh, red beagle ear. Yes. And, um, <laughs> we know. <Molly>. <laughs> <laughs> Floppy ears. Um, and so there was only two, there was Lulu and Lemmy, and Lulu was a female and Lemmy was the male. And, um, it turned out, and Molly, the character is a female, obviously. And so it turns out, once you know that Lemmy, the boy, was the better actor, <laughs> So, what we didn't take into account at the time was the amount of uh, visual effects that we needed to uh, boost taking out the uh, male part of the dog, which was in many shots. Not in the budget, (laughs) not in the budget.
1: Did you have other visual effects, Dan? I love that story, by the <laughs> way. I those are like the little secrets you don't know right. that goes into it all. You just think it's all gonna work and you're like, Oh yeah, right, there's that. <laughs> um did you have other visual effects? Like the ending of the of yeah. the movie with those beautiful, I don't know, if I'm gonna call them clouds, but I yeah. guess they were. Those
2: are all real. No.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm a sucker. I love it all, <laughs> really, Gail. Okay. So, talk to me about the visual effects, yeah. because really, besides that, and maybe they are real, maybe that's right. something you guys created. I would love to know more about it. Well, I
2: think I think it goes back to one of your earlier questions about hiring people and and the what we call the journey transitions, and that's when the dog passes away and runs up this this hill, and then becomes a puppy again. Um, that like culminates to the very end, um, what happens at the end. I think it, it took a lot of faith um, and, on behalf of our visual effects team, as well as um, our editors, of course, <laughs> looking right at you guys, um, and, and Universal and Amblin, because like, I, I had this idea of—I'm a hiker, so my, my, my idea of a dog being happy is being on a trail running. And so I wanted to make that, you know, take kind of the illness off of the dog passing away to it being like a happy feeling of the dog running and running. And then obviously it's the metaphor of the dog being raised up and it's going up higher and higher and higher until at the very end it all comes together um, up this mountain, which ultimately becomes the Rainbow Rainbow Bridge, which, you know, that was another big question. Are we going to keep the Rainbow Bridge in or out? Because um you know, it, a lot of people don't know what it is, and is it is it something that's going to test well? Well, we only had one test audience, and we tested through the roof the whole movie. So yeah, and and when they started talking about the rainbow bridge, I remember Holly Barrio from *Amblin* turned, you know, looked over at me, and she says, "The rainbow bridge stays." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah. If, the, if the audience is loving it, it's staying. Yeah. But that actually, those visuals of the dog, each puppy was. Yeah, it's it's it was beautiful because you're in such an emotional state of mind, gut wrenching, emotional. And for some reason, that moment, even though you're sobbing, pulls you out and makes you feel joy in a very strange way. I mean, I don't I don't mean to say strange. I just lack of lack of a word because it's emotion and emotion is so raw. And then that moment you're you're getting some a bizarre us, sense of happiness, even right. though you're
2: devastated. Well, I mean, that, that's the whole idea. It's a ho- sense of hopefulness. I hope, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's that this is, um, this is not the end that this is just, you know, that, you know, life goes on.
1: Yeah. I think that, well, then, you, you know, know. Let me, yeah. that is exactly <laughs> right. It
2: gives you a little hope yes. that, and if
1: you believe in reincarnation, which I do, and now I would do more than ever because I don't (laughs) want anybody just to be gone, please. Um, This movie is fantastic with that. Um, God, I had a question, and it just flew out of my head. Um, Shoot. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm terrible. Do you guys have any questions at all for her? Yes, my love.
2: That's a great question, yeah. To to be honest with you, it was seamless. Um, Yeah, I... I've done so much work in TV that um you know when you're working TV episodics I mean and if you're fortunate enough like I you know been, I have been very fortunate to have been able to do a lot of work and and you're practicing your craft you know on a weekly basis I mean you're you're talking to actors daily you're talking to writers daily you're figuring out the script you're figuring out jokes what works what doesn't work you're figuring out blocking You're doing the whole thing, but on a daily basis. So, you know, when you do a feature, obviously it takes a long, there's a big chunk of time of pre-production, and then there's maybe 40, 40 days, 42 days of shooting, and then you're in this big chunk of time of post-production. So, there's only like 40, 42 days where you're actually working with actors. So, for me, being able to practice the craft in television just helped me so much in in the, you know, when I actually came time to, to figure out this movie,
1: <clears throat> it does give. I think that's a great question. One that was in my brain. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> because I too want to know. Because I, because I went from film. I've done a little bit of TV. Nowhere even remotely. Never will be what you do. Um, but it's the same, but it's different. One is pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You're in and you're out. You know your your limited amount of time, and then you can move on. The film. I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but for for filmmakers, you're in it for, you shot for 42 days? Mm -hmm. And her movie was in the theaters. All I can say (laughs) is like, hallelujah. I'm so happy for you, honestly, because everything's changing so much. So that is beautiful and I couldn't be happier. So you have 42 days to shoot. You have a long prep, I'm assuming, um, because you've got so much to prepare for, right? Yeah. And then the post process with you guys, composition, um, editing, the visual effects, it's just a longer experience. Um, so for you, I know that you were prepared, I'm that I don't question. Do you, do you like the idea that you have all of this time to build something that is 100% yours? and versus television, which is definitely yours, no question, but it's part of a bigger system. Right. Yeah, so I'm right. curious to know if you have any feelings on that or not. Yeah,
2: and I think that therein lies the difference, is that television is definitely a writer's medium, and um, unless you're, you're a writer, showrunner, slash director. <laughs> but, um, but being, you know, obviously a director and a feature, it's, it is the director's medium, so... Um, it's it, it was amazing and 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 I don't know how it is for you, Anne, but like once you know the dailies were coming in and everything was going fairly well, and you know then the first cuts and then like you know when the studio saw it once once they really see it and get it because I'm a first time director, um, it's it got easy like to at, the asks got easier you know can I have this song, <laughs> okay <laughs> can yeah. you have this I mean it's like it just kind of made it like what could have been a very difficult situation um what i'm asking what i'm actually talking about is like um the budget you know is, is a certain amount of money but like they were you know obviously you know if if there was something if i had an idea that i thought would make the movie a little bit better they were on board for it which was truly uh amazing for i think for a first well I would like to take it a step further. That's because they
1: believed in the movie and that's why they gave her the money. <laughs> they loved the movie. She did such an amazing job with that. That's why the studio gives, says, okay, we'll give you a little bit more money because they yeah. absolutely believed in it and that's all a tribute to you and your team. Um, speaking of you had one, you had one preview, which is amazing. And, uh, did you have a whole bunch of friends and family? Did you know to do that? I am yeah. not even sure.
2: Yeah, sure. Amalyn has a really nice, like, uh, screening room <laughs> with a, uh, with free popcorn. Um, yeah. so that was great for friends and family. We did like, I think two, right? Yeah. Two, two friends and family, uh, screenings and, you know, it was right around the holiday time. So, um, but it, it, they were obviously, as you know, they're just so valuable um, um, because I got some great notes by some of my fellow directors that are here tonight. <laughs>
1: I mean, lucky <laughs> yeah. that you got to allow them because usually the studios won't let any filmmakers into right. the well, I
2: Well, <laughs> like, they gave different names, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Did you have a question? I'm sorry, yeah. Right. Well, I was really, actually, that's, and that is part... Part of the goal is that the teachable moments, you know, for kids. I mean, this is a PG-rated movie, and and I know it's there has its sad parts, but you know, I was hoping that we can get off the sad parts and get to the happy parts pretty soon. But um, but what we had heard in in our only <laughs> uh, test audience was that um, one of the dads said this this is a very this is a great movie for teachable moments where you can sit and talk to your kids about, you know, if you're going to lose a, a, you know, a pet, or you can discuss the dangers of drinking too much, or you can, you know, um, there's a lot of relatable things in the movie that I think um, hopefully spoke to thank you
1: yeah and even and i know that this was as gail said is very important for her and we were hoping that the kids would stay so that we could ask them some questions as well (laughs) um but not only to that point i feel like the respect of animals is so heavy in the film like just the the way the humans interact with them how they say goodbye how they say hello how they even just walk them i mean your lead girl cj is walking her down the street any of the animals and it's such a natural thing and i don't i think there's you know the world is Everyone should have an animal on some level, I shouldn't say that there's no judgment if you don't <laughs> but it says everything about you if you don't yes what she's so judgmental but um that's what that's one of the things that I loved about it um but not only that, and that's one of the, it brings me back to my question about the script and and because it, it felt very um I, did, I don't know you. I've never met Gail until now. I've just been a fan from the outside um That I could feel, because the mom, Gloria, was struggling so much. And you really, I don't like to use the word hate, because I don't hate anything. Um, There's a lot to hate in this world right now, but I just can't use that word. But I had problems with her, because... I wanted her to be a mom. I'm a woman, so I wanted her to do it, to do that. Step up, figure it out. Stop p- pushing people away. But I, I felt that that might have had a lot to do with you is creating a complicated woman woman who's struggling with something very real, which we do, right. um, and in her life. And that for her to make amends and to come back to yeah. CJ was beautiful. I thought yeah. it was beautifully well done. I thought the girl was amazing. I thought the performances were really really good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did you? Because there was the first movie, did you have a, how many people did you have to cast in this? I didn't see the first one. I said um, that, didn't I? Yeah.
2: You know, it was, it was, it was uh, really Dennis is the only one that's the, uh, the carryover. Right. Yeah. And then Josh Gad right. voices um, Bailey. Um, and that's, yeah. So everybody but you've worked with Josh before, right? I, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Yeah. 1610. That's yes. right. I loved yes. that show. Yeah, it was so show. sad. Yeah, it was I know. Gone. I know too smart he's he's amazing and you know we've we've built this great friendship and you know we email each other all the time he's great he's just that's um, also
1: a great thing too i'm so sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but it's great thing too that well a you have a great relationship with him which does help because if because he is the voice of the point of view of the whole movie you could change whatever he says throughout well that
2: was key and just really quick um he when I got when I got the script close enough, I, I did send it to him, and I said, "Look, I said, what, what can we do to? Um, what do you? Th- how do you think Bailey has changed and has he matured? Is there some sort of? How do we make him just slightly different or more thoughtful, mindful, or whatever?" And so he brought a lot of, a lot of difference differences to his performance, I think, um, too. And and he did us a great favor, and he recorded the whole script before we even started shooting um you know and they didn't they weren't able to do that in the last movie so it was really helpful and then we re-recorded it well that's important for you guys while you're cutting without her while she's on
1: set just to be able to have that material to put in and see if it works and all that and then be able to fluctuate and see what's funny and your sense of humor even though it's so heavily dramatic and delightful by the way a combination of it your humor shines through. I mean, the laughs were laughs and I saw it um, recently and the audience is there with them from, from the word go. They're laughing while they're crying and you can hear it the whole ride. <laughs> great. I loved it. So in this whole new thing, moving forward, um, what, was, what was the greatest, I don't want to say achievement because it's, it's an achievement to even make a movie, do anything that we do in this business, but what was your most rewarding? What was something that you walked away and went, wow, I'm really, I'm proud of that. Or I'm really happy. I learned that.
2: I think honestly, it's the whole thing. I think looking back on it, um, there's not one frame I would change in the movie. And I, I, and I can't say that about television, any of my television episodic work. And I just feel like I'm just super proud of the movie. Um, I hope more people see it. But, um, for me, I don't even care. Like it's it's a movie that that I'm you know, I never thought I'd be so proud of a movie and you know, I had a great team to help me and
1: well, that's you know, app, that's the apple tree effect because your crew you picked. Yeah. So they reflect you on some level and there's an admiration mm-hmm. and respect that go hand in hand to create this beautiful product. Um, did somebody say something back there? Mm. Do I have to come out there?
2: <laughs> I will come out there Help you. I used to play hockey so let's do it I'm from Detroit
1: I don't mess around does anybody else have any questions for Gail yes ma'am
2: uh no <laughs> not really no um yeah I mean it's like I had this dream vision of like, okay, we're going to, you know, move the camera here. We're going to like pan from this person, this person, and then the dog will get up and walk over here. No, we don't do that. <laughs> the dog's not going to get up when, when the camera comes to him. So I quickly changed uh, course on that. Um, yeah, it, 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 it um, like I said, I worked really, really close with the trainers, and um, every weekend we would get together, and this is what's expected, this is what they can do, this is what, how I plan on shooting this, and, um, and the animals were always happy, the set was always happy. I mean, it was really, you know, it just was, it was amazing. Yeah, she was amazing, really great. Was she a local to she LA a local or was to she to Canada? Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. I've had to hire animal trainers in other states and I'm like, ah, okay, so they lay there.
2: <laughs> got it.
1: <laughs> so all I have to do is shoot the lane dog yeah. who is supposed to attack somebody. <laughs> it's okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. But you do have to we think on up. your feet with, with the animals. Yeah. Um, you have to think quickly because God our only first knows.
2: Yeah. I mean, our first th- Really, our first thought is just the safety of the animal and uh, making sure that um, the animal is happy. And, you know, we're doing a dog movie. We want the dogs to be happy. Exactly. And I have five dogs. So, again, <laughs> again did I mention that?
1: <laughs> and moving forward, what is there? I know we never know. We never know what we want to do next until it comes on our desk. And you go, oh, my gosh, I'm responding to this. But in your fantasy, what would be the next project that would excite you
2: I you know it's so interesting because um, I've thought about it over and over again because I kept thinking you know my first one should be a comedy okay so now I didn't do a comedy so maybe it'll be a comedy but uh, like you said I think it's it's interesting I think it could be anything um and I think like you said like whatever whatever happens happens whatever speaks to me
1: That's the bizarre thing is like you don't, you think you can navigate, but you don't know what's out there until it comes across your desk and then you go, there's some one, one sentence of an entire script that you went, I know what this is. I know what this movie is. Um, And we never know. And we were talking earlier that, you know, maybe some, some people will question like, wow, she's the comedy girl, What you explained. I love a comedy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will always be a girl. I'm never going to be a woman. It's not happening. <laughs> so I take everyone down with me. Uh. But um, you'd think going into comedy. But I was saying to her backstage, I feel like really um, brilliant comic directors and even actors know how to turn it on its head and have enormous empathy, like a, a place in them, empathetic wise, to touch into the dramatic in such a beautiful and brilliant way, while also, because it's human, and they're touching into the, the comedy of what, you know, just normal people are. And I think that's what Gail has done so beautifully, that through your tears, you actually have a moment of laughter, and you can't believe that you're laughing while you've got streams of mascara down your face. Don't you think, fellas? <laughs> you got the mascara problems?
2: <laughs> anyway... <laughs>
1: Um, Any other last questions? I think we have to wrap it up. But um, I've had a great time. This woman's so amazingly talented. I'm so grateful for her work in television. I'm so impressed with your work in film. And I hope it just keeps on going. Well, I don't hope. I know it will. But I'm looking forward to it.
2: Thank you, Anne. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, you guys, for staying and
0: coming. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, and please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.